Hi everybody, I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the two horny girls. We're just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life, eating Asian American stereotypes for breakfast. Hi everybody. So it's Hi. been a while. But like uh, Prisca and I have been doing in-person recordings for like the past couple of months. It's been amazing. But due to some personal circumstances and life and shit, uh, we still want to catch up with everybody. And we're doing our remote recordings for like the first time since like last year. It's almost like it's 2020. I'm like being (laughs) (laughs) re-traumatized. No, but it's been so great because Roxy's been driving all the way to my place in Chino and it is not exactly close to LA. And every time she comes, I force her to sleep over um, (laughs) by getting her a little bit drunk um but yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's no easier way to say it there's really no easy way to say it but it's 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 kind of nice to be back in this format how you how you feeling about it I kind of miss it I kind of like it I always you know there was something so romantic about being able to see your face and finding comfort during those quarantine times and even though um I have to say I have to be honest with you I don't know how you're feeling about it because the world has been going back and I feel like you know, um, we apologize for like the delay in some of the episodes, but uh, yeah. we're dealing with sort of a lot of acclimations recently. Oh my and gosh. And I have to tell you, it's been really difficult trying to acclimate fully back. Yeah. Um, What's and- been going on? What's been going on with you? Ooh, uh, <sighs> a, a lot of things. Yeah. I don't know, Goatees. How are you all feeling? Um, I've been feeling... There's a lot of personal things that have been happening in my life, things that I will maybe share in the future, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Um, but as of now, I'm still processing it and, um, you know, just going through some like work has slowed down for me for a little bit, but I'm also taking this time to sort of refocus on myself and putting the energy towards myself. I just bought a new car. Hey! Tell the people what color she is. Tell the she's people what beautiful. Color she is. She's Caribbean aqua. And okay. um, she's a convertible. All right. Okay, like a car cute. that I never think I could ever have. But <laughs> I I did it and it's been um, amazing. And uh, I almost feel like I don't deserve it. You know, there's that thing again. Uh, it's like, yeah. I don't know why. It's like when I first got into my new apartment, I told Prisco, I was like, I don't know if I deserve this. Mm. Like, it's probably too good for me. But I'm like, where does that even come from? Where does this feeling of like, not feeling enough for something come from you know I I think it's funny that you bring that up and obviously like I think these are first world problems that we have but I a couple months ago like I bought an iPad and I literally couldn't take it out of its packaging until like I suffered enough with my almost broken down laptop so that I could suffer enough to deserve this new thing mm, yeah. and it's just like a fucked up stupid like remnant of whatever I'm not exactly sure where it comes from but yeah I think we struggle with that feeling of feeling worthiness you know can I ask you a question yeah as of now you know in our 30s we definitely we've definitely hit different benchmarks right mm. and I've been struggling with this where I look at the money in my bank account and I feel like it's never enough hmm. and even though it's significantly more than maybe even just a few years ago oh yeah my anxiety is still the same about mm. whether or not I could put you know I think when it came to this car like I've been driving my Prius for 11 years yeah. you know I'm very attached to her but also it's like um, this is getting this new car wasn't just me being like, okay, suddenly want a new car. It's yeah. it's with the encouragement of many people around me being yeah. like, yeah, Roxy, it's time for it's something time. you should let it yeah. go. Yeah, she's ready. And um, but there's something about like still this hustle of like needing to still make more. Yeah, like yeah. if I don't have enough, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's hard. Like once you start saving money, you look at it and you're like, I don't want to spend all of this. Like it feels like all the work that you've done to kind of save up or like build, you know, whatever, um, your portfolio and whatnot. Like you don't want to just, 
it's it does create this weird psychological barrier where you're like, well, thirty thousand dollars is thirty thousand dollars, but if I use it, then it's just gone. <laughs> like I don't know, it's just kind of like a right. weird feeling. Yeah, it's like if you become a millionaire, once you spend any of that money and it dips below the million dollar mark, like you're not a millionaire anymore. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. like, but then in the past, you know, you and I would survive off on like five hundred dollars a month. Like, oh my god, we were always know? at the bottom of our barrel. <laughs> I know. It's like I'm just like, how did I used to make things stretch well i'll tell you how we would be like well i guess if we have five dollars between the two of us in our bank accounts we can buy one five dollar bottle of wine (laughs) and that's how we would use our funds and we weren't thinking about the future and i think yeah i was thinking about this recently financial literacy is so valuable and important um and like we do still have this holdover um from our parents being immigrants and needing to stretch every dollar and needing to save things and maybe telling us things to be helpful to us as kids, like being like, no, like you can't have that yet. Um, like you shouldn't have that. You shouldn't spend money on that. You should always conserve. You should always save. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a holdover from just our parents, like needing to find a way to survive here. Right, right, right. So it's sort of been trickling down. I've been asking myself why I have this survivor's guilt, yeah, you know, yeah. in a way um, yeah. with everything that I have. And when I have something new and shiny, like, shouldn't I appreciate it? Instead right. of feeling like, oh, I don't know if I deserve it, so I should never touch it. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's interesting to sort of explore these feelings as you continue to try to heal yourself, you know, from these. Because it's easy to feel guilty. It is, it is, it totally is. But anyways, I have a beautiful new convertible and I'm going to take you in it and I'm going to do some California dreaming. You're going to see us out on the streets of LA, just out in this like aquamarine. With my top down. And the the roof down down too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Tops down, everything's just flopping everywhere. (laughs) Are you ready for it? What about you, babe? I've been good. Yeah. Um, speaking of cars, like um, my husband, Abe and I, we actually, <laughs> my husband, Abe, but um, we, we got into a tiny little fender bender and it, 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 it's just one of those things where it's like, it's really not that big a deal. Um, but it was really scary. Like we yeah. were, <laughs> it's Chino. So we were crossing from one plaza to another plaza, literally across the street, going from a Trader Joe's to an Albertsons. If that isn't the most suburban thing you've ever heard. Like, Drama in plaza land. That could be like a thank whole you. new series. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> it's like starring Fred Armisen. <laughs> But so we were crossing this plaza and basically uh, got T-boned by a a car that was just kind of rushing through um, their light. Um, And, you know, I saw it for a split second and it literally hit exactly like where the passenger seat is. Oh, Um, my God. And, you know, I kind of fucked up my ankle, like just from the impact. I was holding a carton of eggs and all of them broke. And like the moment right before I was like, oh, fuck, this is how this is how it ends. Like, this is the end of it. Like, we're done here. I was bracing myself to go into a coma. Like it was just it's one of those. You know what I mean? Like all your I was like, all of my anxieties have culminated to this point. So Mm. we got into a little fender better. Luckily, everyone's okay. Um, You know, we're figuring it out with the insurance. Um, We have some, you know, aches and pains but it did kind of I did walk away with it just like I'm so grateful to be alive and I think I I've been in kind of a mental haze a mental funk um and I I think that like you said the world is opening up and it does feel really tricky like re-navigating how to be in groups how to still say no to certain things um how to not get overloaded um it's it's a really tricky time so I think in a weird way, going through that car accident kind of helped me reset like what what's important, what my priorities are and um, kind of knocked me out of this weird, I don't know, existential funk I was in. Oh, wow. What a way to be woken up, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's so shocking and uh, it's so violent, too, the way that (laughs) that it does that. But speaking of cars, I don't know if this is just a theme that's been happening through all of our lives. I don't know. Go Teasy, tell us if Mercury retrograde yeah. has gotten you into some weird quote unquote karma, but some things, um, yeah. you know, I took an Uber to go get my new vehicle, you oh, know, nice. at universal city. And when I got into the car, this Uber driver, I had some really weird vibes about him Uh-oh. and, uh, he was driving very aggressively and he was complaining about the traffic. He's from long beach. And I thought, Oh, that's fine. Like I would complain about traffic too. 
Um, however, it turns out that he is an anti-vaxxer and Trump supporter. No. And um, I got to tell you, the next 30 minutes were the most miserable 30 minutes of my life oh, no. because you're in a car being guided by somebody who doesn't believe the vaccine, who believes that it's a conspiracy, you know, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a theory and that like it's done to the, by the government to brainwash all of us. Oh my and God. he's uneducated. He, well, not uneducated. He just obviously didn't do his homework. I challenged him about like, well, did you ever get vaccines when you were younger? What happened to you? Like anything yeah. negative happened? He's like, no. Did and I'm like, Scarlet okay, well. Fever? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and then he said that COVID isn't real, even though both his grandmother and his girlfriend had it and that he doesn't want to wear masks. And what? I'm in the car with this guy. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I'm not going to have my baby when my fiance and I have babies like the baby's not going to get any vaccines. And you can just Whoa. tell he's just like not a feminist. He just doesn't. You know, he lives in his own world of his yeah. own conspiracy theories. And um, he's just like, you can't trust the government. Everyone's lying to you. you got to do your own research. I was like, OK, how do you do your own research, bud? Like yeah. in a lab? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Are you a scientist, dude? You know, no. I mean, he's so entrenched in his kind of little <laughs> bubble, you know, and it, yeah. it's not it's tough because it's not like he's unintelligent. Like he, he's obviously well read in his own way. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think it's really tough because I. I think it's easy to be like, oh, this fucking guy. But it's like, what what is driving like so much of the U.S. population to feeling this? Like there's so much mistrust, distrust. There's so much um, fear and there's so much anger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and whatever he's kind of tuned into, it's feeding all of that. And it is directly in opposition to everything you and I believe in. But it's like he's not an idiot. Like there's a deeper cancer in this country you know oh a hundred percent but and also it's like how could he was he, i think what really bothered me the most mm -hmm. was his disregard for like caring for other people uh, it doesn't really matter how it affects them you know he's just like well i didn't get covid so right? i'm good so it doesn't so exist. i'm good right and then that that frustrates me so much it's like no one no one i knew died from covid i'm like well i knew a lot of people who died from covid wow you know what i mean and yeah. also it's like i i'm all down for a conversation i'm all down to listen but whenever i asked him a question he couldn't answer them right he just and i he just piled he, on whatever he just was, piled right? on whatever he still continued to believe in and i was like you know, he he just said the Delta variants breaking through the vaccine. So why are you, why are we even getting vaccines? Right. Oh my and goodness! I had to like go back and tell him the whole intention was herd immunity, but because there are those who don't get vaccinated, we yeah. were unable to achieve it. So, so thanks you know, to people like you, <laughs> like people like you. Anyways, um, it was fine. You know, I think it was just really agitating just because we're so close together, and I just know he's not vaccinated. He doesn't care about you know yeah. health and all of that. Um, but at the end, you know, I did get out of the car and I'm like, go get vaxxed. And then he laughed and then I shut the door, <laughs> oh. you know. So you held your own, which is important I did. too. Right. I did. I just think, you know, it just really boils down to do you care about the collective well-being of the people? Right. And clearly, if you don't think about that and you're basing everything off of your own individualistic beliefs. And I'm like, well, this is what's great about America, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, you get to choose whether or not you get to take the vaccine or not. I'm like, yeah. other places, you don't get to do that, right? right. And I, I, I'm like, well, you know, you're, you could believe what you're led to believe, but at the same time, you can't deny the facts of what's happening all around the world. Mm, yeah, definitely. Oof. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky to sit in that space where someone else is driving a car and, like, technically even though you're the customer, I mean, they have power, like they can drive off the side of the road. Like, you know what I mean? This is a complete stranger that you're connected through this kind of this literal app, you know, mm -hmm. um, and to sit there and kind of hold your own, but still be respectful of, of this person as a human being, um, but disagree with them and hold your ground. I mean, I think that's a really, that's something that we're going to be facing more and more. I feel as the world is opening up, you know, Yeah. and we're walking out of these, situations where we've all been hiding under a rock for the past year and a half and we have probably gotten more extreme in a lot of our views just because of the nature of how the internet is set up and social media is set up nowadays you know and how we're yeah. intaking our news and so i i think it's, it's important to re be reminded of each other's humanity and also not just cave or condone um things that we don't agree with you know and speaking right. of things we don't agree with um what the fuck with Bill Cosby? What the fuck is going on? Oh what the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> what the actual fucking fuck? 
maybe this what is why fuck? we're tired because it's like I think we just need a media break or something because just having Britney's news happen the week before this Cosby thing yes is like extremely heartbreaking what is wrong everything is everything is flipped and extremely heartbreaking uh, and it, it, it's also crazy that I, I'm sure all our listeners have been kind of following along but it's it's crazy that it was literally got off on a technicality like John Raphael got off on a technicality like literally though it's like oopsies all right he's free to go like after ever, all the investigation after all the confessions you know after all of the you know victims came up to like speak and like fight for this after the whole yep. fucking me too movement yeah like seriously and then like I don't know and then just like Brittany sorry just to compare it like the both I mean you could just really see here, here's what's what's mind-boggling to me, Prisca, yeah. Prisca. I'm gonna call Priscilla. 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 <laughs> I think, um, you know, Goatees, we're both a little tired today, and usually when we're tired, we don't do an episode, but we just want to show you all colors, all of our us. messy sides, all our messy sides, because um, I think it's important to catch up with with everybody and also yeah. just sort of discuss our feelings when things like this happen. So yeah. it's like you have two mega celebrities, mm-hmm. right? One mm-hmm. is America's sweetheart or sexy mm-hmm. sweetheart, however you want to call her. Sure. The other one's America's dad. Right. And then you have America's sweetheart, who's like the hottest, like world, like like most profitable celebrity of our time. Right. Actually working as a slave, basically. Yeah. Um, who's unable to even make decisions for her own body and sexual yeah. health. And then you have you know, Cosby, who has had this amazing, illustrious career and then like, on, you know, and then suddenly been accused of what he's been doing for a very long time is drugging and raping women. Yeah. Casual. Casual. He yeah. gets put away for three um, years, three not years, not even fully three years, three ish years, three ish years. And then I, I heard that after he got out, he was like enjoying pizza and like, Jesus. you know, joking with like his his friends or whatever like and they keep saying oh he's 83 or whatever the fuck age he is and it's like yeah but he fucking drugged and raped women what is justice i think that's like the 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 biggest message or like the biggest question that comes to my mind yeah after learning about both of these situations back to back and britney's just fucking starting the trial to release her conservatorship her conservatorship it's already been going on for 10 plus years I think usually we have like a hot take or, you know, I think right now we're just frustrated and sad and all of this. And plus the Derek Chauvin sentencing also came out, which was literally people have gotten longer sentences for like a a weed bust. Um, And like literally this guy got 22 years. Like it's just overwhelming. And if you're there to go tease, like, I mean, we're just being honest with you. This is baffling and it's hard to hold on to hope because like Roxy's saying, like you, you're literally taking the biggest pop star in the world and she has zero control over any of her livelihood or her body or her family. Um, and that couldn't even get overturned. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like women you know yeah and and the me too movement was a huge collective you know sort of battle that really brought us together and like made headlines and you know we called out people that um you know were guilty right you know what i mean it's like if if they it's like basically the women exposed them you know like all the victims stepped up together to expose these these people of what they've done and now it's like they still just get away with the top of the hand yeah like uh, honestly britney's father should be in jail oh yeah you know so so i think what we're trying to sort of process this is just like how unfair the justice system is or how you know i don't i don't understand like how is she so rich and she doesn't she can't even control her own money like i don't get it i know (laughs) i i i think that Obviously, she did go through a, t- and we're not pop culture experts here. So I'm right. sure there's so many people who know so much more. But from what I gather, it's like she was going through a difficult time, but the legal system is fucked up because you should be able to move out of conservatorship yes. as a conservative. You know, there should be ways out, there should be rights, there should be, you know, it wasn't set up for somebody actually like Britney Spears. Like it was set up for someone who's like 
unable to take care of themselves, like physically, emotionally, psychologically. Um, and I think she she had moments of that psychologically. She did have like a mental break. But at this point, like it's yeah, not because it's like we all imagine being the most famous person in the world. Imagine what Michael Jackson had to go through, what Princess yeah. Diana had to go through. Like they would go through major mental health breakdowns. Like, yeah, let's be yeah. real. She can't even like bring her baby anywhere without the paparazzi following her. Right. Yeah. And um, you're saying she's not mentally you know, capable now. She's do she was doing like, you know, three hour shows a night. Oh, she's fine now. Shape, you oh, know? yeah, she's like, fine now. Like, like, I'm talking when she did go through her mental yeah. breakdown, I get why this needed to be set up or they thought that it needed to be set up to t- quote unquote protect her, but it gave power to like obviously the wrong people and power corrupts absolutely absolute power corrupts absolutely and you're basically giving the keys to the kingdom to, to somebody else who obviously doesn't have her best interest at heart you know exactly so here we are goatees we stand with hashtag free britney so (laughs) yeah yeah activists um but (laughs) i i think what's also interesting and i I just kind of want to like contextualize some of this as well is that you know roxy and i yeah we're i mean we're like we're middle-aged millennials we're not like elder we're not super young millennials but like we're kind of right in the middle um but when we when we were growing up i mean it was really really common to see on tv tropes of like office humor where guys are looking up girls skirts um where you know women just kind of tell each other like when a guy's being skeezy but they like never would anticipate anyone else believing them and it's like i think it's 2021 and after the me too movement i think we did have a lot of hope we really thought like women were being listened to things a turning tide was coming or or was cresting at least um and now i think this past week has kind of just it's like fuck have we really not evolved very much you know yeah you just thought maybe our voice does have power but now yeah. it's just like crushed but, but like, i does know it? <laughs> I, well, but it I does just, it does it but, does yeah. and um so I don't know. I'm I'm keeping a light on for Britney's trial, you know, because I yeah. know Cosby's thing. I don't know what's going to happen with that if it's ever no. if it's ever going to be. I don't think anything's going to happen with it at this point because he's just been released after all of these legal technicalities. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's innocent. Yeah, does not fucking mean he's innocent. He literally got off on a technicality, like so, a legal technicality. Right, and I don't know how they're going to put him back in again after this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. for Brittany, let's keep a light on, you know? Okay, for sure. Keeping a light on. <laughs> Keeping a light on. <laughs> but also, like, I think, you know, just going back to, like, the body and stuff like that, like, her unable to take out her IUD? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, that's insane. It, it's honestly insane to me. Like that you're, that's entrapment. You're entrapped in your own body. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy, but I guess, you know, we're going to keep our eyes on that and, and, and make sure to keep sharing our thoughts on it, especially when they're more fully formed. But Roxy, you did kind of a deep dive back into past Roxy on your Zanga. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about what you excavated? Well, yeah, I basically was telling Priska that, um, you know, I took June off um, as a lot of things were sort of happening internally with me. And uh, I stumbled upon my old Zanga. And how I used to do it was I would keep a Zanga for... How of you know what Zanga is? Okay, so basically for all of you Gen Zers who don't know what (laughs) Zanga is, I feel like I should explain what it is. So there was like WordPress, there was like LiveJournal, there were all these like, you know, journaling sites for us when we were younger to put our thoughts and feelings on. And then like your friends could like comment on your posts and stuff. Um, And it was was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. And uh, I never knew how much I've I've written. I kind of forgot about that part of myself. But I felt, you know, called to just sort of see where my Zanga entries went. Because if y'all remember, if if you guys wrote Zanga, uh, the site shut down, like, I think 10 years ago, around 10 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, they came out with a Zanga 2.0 in like 2013, but nothing's come out of it since. Yeah. And they deleted all our data. So they deleted. 
deleted too. all of your entries, but what they did was they archived it into like this HTML like format. So everything's yeah. like back in MySpace language. And <laughs> I never bothered to look because I'm like, oh, this is just too complicated. I don't have time for it. Like whatever. But I took the time to go and figure it out, you know, hey. a couple days ago. And I kept this separate Zanga for my high school, which I haven't dove into because I'm scared of her. Um, but I've been reading my college ones and I just, I saved it all into a word file where I called it thoughts from my younger self. (laughs) And there were so many things that I talked about. Well, most of it was just me listing things so I could feel hashtag productive, hashtag Capricorn life, hashtag just trying to achieve all the time in college. But there were moments where I was like, oh, this is me deeply thinking and um, me deeply questioning a lot of things where I didn't feel safe to talk about with other people because I hmm. haven't developed that part of myself yet. Ah. So I just want to share an excerpt from August 15th, 2007. Hey, because I would say before you jump into this, you seem like the most bubbly, happiest person I'd ever like met when I met you in college. And you were like down for anything, happy about everything. Like everything was copacetic, smiling all the time, bubbly as fuck. Um And it's kind of crazy because now obviously you have that side to you, but you also bring, you know, this gravity with you everywhere you go of the, of this truth, like this kind of honesty, transparency. So it's interesting because I feel like these two sides of you have always existed, but we're almost in opposition to each other in the past. Yo, if Prisca ever, if you ever meet Prisca in person, she like sees right into your soul, y'all. Like that's <laughs> that's a hundred percent what it is. Like yeah, right. Um, and I don't know if Prisca, if you ever found anything that you want to share, but um, this is me when I was nineteen. All right, okay, so, here we go. So this is just a small part, and I'm obviously not going to read the whole thing. So I wrote a few months ago. I was determined to go to Africa to teach orphans English. But now I know. But now as I contemplate what it would be like being in their shoes, I'm not sure I want to go after all. There is this American ideal, this modest superiority that Americans like to rub in other nations' faces. Of course, I consider myself an American and me saying all this might bring me into trouble, but nothing is wrong with freedom, freedom of expression, right? I actually think Americans are cynical when it comes to aiding third world countries. Those commercials we watch on television are built to evoke sympathetic feelings from us. Oh, we are so lucky to have all these things. Let's contribute money to help them. Wait, better yet, I'll go over and help them firsthandedly so I can receive the full enjoyment of helping others. Wow, I am such a good person. But Mm. what if they don't really need our help? I can't even speak any African languages. How the hell am I going to teach them English? I don't even understand their culture. Wealthy nations think they're so self-sacrificing because they see something that is not as good as theirs. It's as simple as that. If I go into this whole situation blindly, it would sort of be like, here I am, Africa. I'm here to help you, but I don't really know what it is that you need. Mm. No wonder foreigners treat Americans with disdain. Americans possess an arrogance that many have come to hate. No one is better than anyone. The American philosophy that all men are created equal has become some sort of an unacknowledged paradox. I don't know. I feel like I sound like a national traitor, but I think the best way to help people is to provide for each other mutually. I don't feel like I understand Africa, whether it be AIDS, viruses, or the overall poverty. All I know about them is what I see on TV, and we can't always trust what we see on that. Mm. I think what's crazy is like you... I feel like this thought now in philanthropy and, you know, all of that is is more widespread because of all the corruption and the issues and kind of the the, the colonialist kind of mm-hmm. viewpoint. But yeah. you were breaking through that kind of on your own when it was at the height of its like popularity in the early mid 2000s or aughts or whatever. Um, you were figuring that out on your own. And that's like pretty fucking wild. Like little 19 year old Roxy seen through <laughs> yeah. this bullshit. There were all these, there was like the Bill Gates program for Africa, you know, there was all of these missionaries, you know, like going to, you know, teach or whatever, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the indigenous Taiwanese people are all Christian. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, so then I think like nowadays I've been listening to a lot of indigenous, you know, influencers speak out about stolen land and stolen culture. And uh, and then I when I dug this up and I read it, I was like, oh, I I didn't know I was talking about colonization. You know, I didn't know that I was talking about that. But these were some of the thoughts that I felt like I couldn't share with anybody else because Mm. it was so popular to go overseas and to do service. Right. It's it's another notion of service and work Mm -hmm. and and. you know, giving them a better life, but what is better, right? What is better? Yeah. Better on your, on whose terms, you know, and, and at what cost for the people you're quote unquote trying to help. 
I used to think that Taiwan was really messy. Mm-hmm. And I used to think it wasn't as clean, you know, as the America I knew. Like I lived in sure. New Jersey, you know, it was wider and stuff. But these are all like, you know, elitism sort of mindsets that mm-hmm. came from that, right? And it's just mm-hmm. interesting to sort of break it down the older mm-hmm. you get. Mm-hmm. But you have these seedlings of these thoughts when you were younger. I don't know if you ever felt yeah. that way. No, I think you're you're it's it's funny because it's like we change as we get older, but at the same time, we don't really change that much. Like all these things that interest you, that you sit on, that you ruminate about, like they're all kind of, it, it's interesting because I can see a direct uh, connection to who you are now and the questions that you ask yourself now and how you conduct things now. And now that you do have money, the way that you want to use it to help people, it, you're, it, it's following this exact kind of train of thought. Yeah. It didn't just kind of that it's like, oh, my younger self, whatever. But it, it, like as your close friend, I, I hear you read that and I'm like, oh, yeah, all the threads are there. Like this is so truthful to you. Um, and it's so it, obviously you've grown and matured. But that seedling of an idea of, of, of wanting real answers and not just wanting an empty good feeling um, that still exists in you today for sure. We should definitely for instead of a let's learn Taiwanese, we should share like a small part <laughs> a of our zanga. zanga from <laughs> high school. <laughs> I did want to read a little one from my zanga um, yes, because yes. I'm not as deep as Roxy at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I, I you know this is 19 year old Priscilla. This is December 2007, so right before I turned 19. Um, but yeah, this is like uh, we were in such different places. But I ruminate on this same stuff. Um, I literally make the same jokes and everything. So, okay, I'm going to read a little. <laughs> this is like not deep. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. Um, oh, no, I'm sweating. No, don't. <laughs> Share it, um, please. Okay. So I heard that people are always trying to have their ashes, ashes scattered in Disneyland. For some reason, this concept really depresses me. It's like the <laughs> ultimate buy-in to Walt's ploy to make a massive amount of money. But whatever floats their boats, if they want to be floating boats on the small world ride, if that's how they find their peace and eternal rest, they should have that option, I guess. <laughs> In the end, though, wouldn't that just make Disneyland one big cemetery, a memorial park, the dustiest place on earth? I don't know. I think I'm more of a Rose Hills kind of gal anyway. Get me a hill, some grass, a stone that my name's engraved in, and I'll be happy. Do you think we'll get a chance to be a fly on on the wall at our own funerals? Since mine is going to be a disco dance party, I hope I get to. I'll go to your funeral if you come to mine. We've got jokes different places. But you know what, Friska? Again, as one of your best friends, I see that in you as well. Because you were already thinking about marketing. (laughs) Marketing. You were thinking about death because you you thought about death a lot, you know? I think about death so much. And then you you have your like stand-up jokes that you would like, (laughs) you know, like like, do at your performances, but you were already prepping for it, like way in advance, like on Zanga. You know what I mean? The dust. Place on earth, but so it's so bad. But, but it's, 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 it's I'm so just as funny. cheesy. This isn't like an getting older thing. I'm just I've always been this level of cheese. And I think it was funny because I had um, Kevin and Minji over, two of my really good friends, and we yeah. did like a little creative retreat. And we did this branding exercise where we were telling each other how we saw them or like words that came to mind. Like mm-hmm. you know, and one of the ones where Kevin Kevin was like, you know, they said some nice ones and stuff, and he was like, and I say this with love. But I think a great word for you um, is dorky. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I was like, you really get me. You are the queen of dad jokes, though. Ah, (laughs) Thank you. I've never met a dad had I didn't love, you know. But it's amazing, like, how that one thought about, you know, spreading your ashes at Disneyland, like, spiraled into this, like, super, like, cohesive thesis on, like, (laughs) what Disneyland would be, how it's going to be branded as, the capitalism ploy behind it, you know, the money mongering. Like, it's amazing. I I wouldn't put it past, like, millennials and our nostalgia, like, the amount of money we put into our nostalgic you know tropes like yeah uh, there's no limitation to it so i still think disneyland because of millennials and you know you know whoever comes after what is it called gen za um (laughs) but like you know (laughs) i mean we would turn disneyland into a fucking cemetery because like (laughs) people get married there like you know what i'm saying like people try to like give birth there and shit so uh, it is a magical place but 
Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. we need a hospital in Disneyland just for the marketing purposes of like was born in a Disneyland. You for know? Disneyland being what it is, it's almost a sacred land. You know, people can use it for almost everything and yeah. for creating cults as well. It's fucking crazy. I know. I'm glad you got to know our 19-year-old selves. Obviously, we're really deep and important. Um, but I, you know, let I think us know I if just, you want to hear more. I know. <laughs> okay, I, mean, just make I think everyone's answer is like, God, no. <laughs> everyone's like, please, no. Like, God, no. Um, but I just want to say, you know, Roxy and I, we've been kind of going through some stuff. We want to get episodes out to you, but we're also trying to listen to our mental health needs, our physical needs, and emotional needs. And so um, thank you for sticking with us. I don't want to say sorry. I want to appreciate you for being on this journey with us. Um, being an adult is hard. Being an adult, adult is hard. And I think Roxy and I have also been talking about how the world is opening up. Um, the, the place that podcasts play in all of our lives is changing and shifting from mm-hmm. maybe the need of like feeling like you could be in conversation with your friends to now maybe wanting shorter, quicker, like, you know, we're, we're Roxy and I are rethinking what season three of two horny goats is going to look like given what the world is like, given where we're at, given what we want to say and how, what we want to present. But Season two is not done yet. We've got a cool episode on virginity coming up. Roxy and I took spit into some little plastic tubies and we're going to do a 23 and me episode. I'm so excited. It's going to be oh the ultimate God. reveal. I think I'm going to be a border collie. Um, and then we, we're going to close out the season just doing a deep dive, um, sharing how this podcast has actually like really changed our lives. And um, we couldn't do it without y'all and like, yeah, I don't know. Rox, is there anything you want to say for like teasing up the rest of season two? Yeah, I mean, uh, stay tuned for all of that. We're excited to sort of close out the season with these big topics. But also, we recently did an episode um, with Bamboo and Glass, our little yes. sisters <gasps> in podcasting. Yes. And we had a really, really, really great conversation with them because I think yeah. something that we don't get to talk about on this podcast, mainly because it is a podcast, right. is that we talk about the, the reason for creating it and our thought yeah. process and our collaborative process. So if y'all are interested in that, please go and check th- that out because... Yeah. Yeah, um, we'll link that in the in the They're show amazing. Notes. Yeah, I mean, oh, they're I mean, Tan and and Sophia are just like brilliant. I mean, we oh, I don't want to compare, but it's like, what were we doing at that age? Yeah, talking about Disneyland and like the <laughs> dust. And the <laughs> it's like they're talking Africa. about personal growth and you know, right. like like being good to each other in community. And I'm just they're like, just so Bruce smart. Girl, how about you and I race this two buck truck and see who can finish it the <laughs> fastest? Ready and go. <laughs> <laughs> race you to the taco truck <laughs> i only have two dollars left do you think they'll let us get like three tacos with it like oh, you we have were, two dollars can i yeah. borrow a dollar <laughs> <laughs> we I'll were cover you next we time. were just they were asking like you know they were asking us these deep questions about like things in our 20s and literally roxy and i were like lol <laughs> like we were such pieces of shit like you know and they're so driven and all that but they, they we i think i really appreciated them opening up about um, how their podcast has evolved because their their podcast has been around for three plus years and yeah. we're ra- we're rounding the corner on our first year and so in a way we were like we're learning more from them than they could ever learn from us you oh, know 100% it was totally yeah. an exchange I find oh, yeah. them super inspirational I can't wait to see where they'll be at our age probably Einstein I know take a listen to that episode that they have bamboo and glass we'll have a link in the show notes but one of the things we talk about and we're really honest about is we don't want this podcast to own us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we need to be able to do it on our own terms and we can't let it eat us alive and it can't be feeding. We can't let the machine be feeding off of our energy. Yeah. is something Roxy and I talk about a lot. Yeah. It's easy to offer yourself as a sacrifice for this machine that you've built. I think what it comes is after... The pandemic, although I'm really not sure anymore with the Delta variant breaking through vaccines. Cute. But like, um, I, I think this collective exhaustion and fatigue that we're feeling is uh, because of the shedding of the capitalism hustle. Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like I do. Finally paying attention to you because mm-hmm. we're finally able to hone in on that. Yeah. Right. So, uh yeah, it's just like uh, I think our barometer is still a little, little iffy. Like it's still not mm. controlled yet. So mm. if if you guys are also feeling this way, please let us know. Yes, we would love to have this dialogue with you. You know where to email us. Hello 
at two hornygoats.com. No. Um, nobody ever emails us, so please <laughs> send us an email. Like you'll be the only one. No I'm kidding. Um, I'll let but, you motorboat um, me. Wait, I motorboat <laughs> people. Wait, Uh-oh. is it me motorboat? Wait, when I motorboat, it's me putting my 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 face yeah. in your tits. Oh, uh-huh. I'll let you motorboat me. Yeah, if okay. you were to motorboat me, I, the boat wouldn't go very far. <laughs> it'd be like, it's like a motorboat, like it's a, it'd be a short stay, you know? Um, I think what that makes me want to do is um, realize that it's time for... Okay, so um, Roxy and everybody I know has been telling me to watch the show Hacks, and it takes me a lot to, like, start a new show. I don't know. I have all these, like, emotional... I get too emotionally attached. Like, I love Peaky Blinders too much, where <laughs> I haven't watched the final season, that well, the, the most recent season that's out on Netflix because I'm too attached, but mm. this isn't a conversation about Killian Murphy. <laughs> Who am I kidding? It Every conversation is, conversation is about Killian Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> Roxy came over and I was drunk talking about Killian Murphy for like two hours straight. And she was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why is this happening at me? And you haven't seen A Quiet Place Part 2 yet. I haven't. I haven't gone and seen it yet. I oh, am too emotionally attached. So- I mean, baby, give it to me. You know? Oh, my God. Um, but anyhow, Roxy recommended the show Hacks to me on HBO with Gene Smart and Hannah Einbinder. And it is a fucking delight. It's like 10 episodes, classic like HBO like style. Um, and, and it's about kind of an older comedian um, and basically like this younger comedian who has a young, young comedy writer who has nowhere else to go because of reasons you can see in the show. And they kind of get paired up together. And it's like basically an older Gen Z um, kid and like someone who's from, you know, the greatest generation pairing up together, writing comedy um, and having dialogue about why they think the way they do. And it's really, really a fucking delight. I think it's also created by the creators of Broad City, too. Broad City! Yeah, so it has that type of humor, and um, I felt like it was this very interesting dynamic of, like, complex maternal mm. daughter, but also Electra complex, you know? 100% Electra. Rela- oh, 100% yeah. Electra relationship, <laughs> and... Um, it was such an easy binge. I don't know yeah. how long it took for you to binge it. It took me one day to binge oh, it. Oh, like, yeah, like a day and a half. Yeah. I, I I watched all of it completely through. It's so dark. It's so funny. It's so relevant. And I could see, you know, I just love how, I'm not giving any spoilers, but also how Hannah's character, oh, the, the one who plays a younger writer, you know, she's fueled with like this sort of like younger ego, you know, yeah. that she knows like what's funny and like, you know, her audience is like more you know, deserving. Oh, yeah. But then like, you know, uh, Jean Smart's, as I already forgot the character's name, like her audience is way broader, but for like a different demographic. And I think that represents a lot of like our conflict, you know, Mm -hmm. with like the Mm -hmm. older generations who really created a legacy of their work, but us feeling like we know better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like what we were talking about with the Uber driver as well. It's like coming to see each other for our humanity and not just writing each other off from the get go, just because we have assumptions about each other. And so I think that was so elegantly kind of displayed and, you know, they learn just as much from each other. Are we the gene smart to the bamboo and glass? Are we that old? Jesus. They were asking us these sweet questions, but they were like, what's it like to get old? A lot of us young people are afraid of the thirties. How bad is it? What's it like on the other side of the curtain? And we're like, ah, like, (laughs) I was like, I feel like my life is just starting, you know, (laughs) like I don't know anything yet. I literally don't know anything. Um, yeah. And so my second pick is actually, it used to be the Rose Cafe, now known as the uh, the Rose Venice. Um, and it's, uh, it used to be the Rose Cafe. It was like a neighborhood hang out in Venice. And it was bought and kind of um, re- uh, they kind of redid the entire interiors a couple years ago, but I went there for the first time since the pandemic um, with my friend Porter and we had delicious pasta, amazing cocktails and um, Jason Neroni can get it like his food fucks. So, Oh, the Rose I'm Cafe. All about it. Have you been to the yeah. one um, LA Rose Cafe in on Vermont? No, but I guess we're going. That's a Filipino restaurant. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, they have really good tocino adobo and but it's like oh my it's gosh. like family owned and it's really really good. Yeah, okay, we should, I'll okay meet so there there's this minutes. Rose restaurant in in Venice and then there's also LA Rose restaurant in um 
in the Silver Lake area, which is like a Filipino-owned, like yeah, on oh, Vermont. Shit. It's so 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 good. It's so 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 good. Okay, <clears throat> my turn. Okay, what's yours? Tell me. So, everything. I, uh, have you ever gotten your aura read? I have. When I worked retail for Goryana, that oh. that was one of the things we had to do. Yeah. Tell me your experience. Um, it was cool. The photo was very unflattering. And when I saw yours, I was infuriated because nobody looks that good in an aura reading like, you know what I mean? Photo booth. But yeah, how was yours? Wait, what colors were you? Um, I think mostly purple. Um, mm-hmm. it's like a very purpley blue, yeah. very purpley blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was, a. have always wanted to have my aura red. And yeah. so there's this place called origami in downtown origami. LA. I get it. You get it. You get it. The you get or- it. And okay. It's, the aura. Ga- it's very okay. cute. It's very yeah. cute. It's very hip. It's very, you know, new age sort of crystal shop. And, uh, we but love you have new to, age crystal shop. I do, but you have to like really make your reservations in advance because this place is booked like back to back for like weeks in advance so in la la so i went in for my appointment i they put you put your fingers on these electromagnetic you know Mm -hmm. plates and then she takes your photo and it's long exposure so you sit there for a couple minutes while they read your vibrations for the photo when it came out i was astounded by what my aura looked like like i never thought that my aura looked like a rainbow it was so beautiful. I was ex- insanely jealous. I was like, there's no way someone looks this good and and their aura to match. <laughs> no, I think it's like your aura changes, you know, right. every couple months or whenever you feel like a shift, right? And for me, <laughs> she the first thing she said to me was, oh, you've been doing a lot of work. And you're like, bitch, you don't even fucking know. I know. She has no fucking clue. <laughs> I mean, Prisca knows what I've been going through, but it's like yeah. it's it was a lot of this. This month has been a lot. And so being able to see that I encapsulate many different elements that, I, you know, creativity and love and joy is still at the center of my being. Yeah. Like it's just really affirming to it's always good to get a reading no matter mm. what type of psychic or spiritual experience it is, just to have you really ground yourself from an <clears throat> outside perspective mm. on what it is you need to work on or um, where you are in this point in your life. So I think I really enjoyed it. It is $55 and it's one photo, but then she sits down and gives you a consultation of your aura reading wow. for you for about 15 minutes. And then, um, and then you could take that experience with you. So I felt like it was really worth it. Um, it's nice to know where I am right now you know, mm. in terms of my energy. Um, and then uh, and then it's also in that Bruce Lee Plaza in Chinatown. So then you could go and like um, go get some food like right hey. afterwards and yeah, yeah. go check out like the little like mom and pop shops, you know, um, in that area as well. And explore downtown Los Angeles. So I really recommend it. Origami. Origami. Let's go. Everybody check it out. I'm sure they're, they're on all the socials and I'll have the links for y'all in the show notes. I think we're going to wrap up this episode because Roxy and I are fucking tired tired <laughs> i'm sure we're just like fumbling all over our words on this episode but you know what that's what it is sometimes but we real we're humans you know and uh just to say we are so appreciative of every single one of you goatees um the fact that you put up with our terrible humor <laughs> thank thank you and by our terrible humor i mean my terrible <laughs> no, humor <laughs> no 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 but we appreciate you, know, you we love you we do and we couldn't do it without all of your support um, and so we, we want to thank this week Joe No for 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 donating to the podcast. Thank you, um, Joe. We appreciate we you. you. Yeah, please stay safe in St. Louis. Um, and uh, you know, I, in the hopes to be fully transparent with y'all, we're thinking of taking some of the donation money and buying another mic um, because right now we've got one kind of like radio level mic and so we're going to buy one more and and we're just doing things to up constantly up the quality of what we're trying to do and um i think roxy and i are 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 just so appreciative and 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 humbled by your ongoing support yeah and if you want me to create an only fans please let us know at hello i'm your first subscriber (laughs) (laughs) so uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode but until then have a horny week our lovely goatees and remember Stay horny. This podcast 
is hosted by Roxy and Prisca. Music by Abraham Kim. Artwork by Connie N. Please visit us at twohornygoats.com. Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. Okay, bye. Bye.